WNRI race fans, are you ready? It's time for those most famous words in motorsports. Please welcome the host of Race Chatter, Wayne Bobber, to give the command. Drivers, start your engines. And good evening, America. It's Monday night, 6.05, and you know what that means. It's another edition of the award-winning Race Chatter on Smokin' 99.9 FM, WNRI.com, worldwide, and 11 other avenues to reach us fine programming. And also, uh, you can reach us on anything of the three shows that we have 24-7 at WayneWNRI at Yahoo.com. Folks, if you or someone you know is celebrating a birthday and you want Wayne to announce it on his program, just send him an email. His address is WayneWNRI at Yahoo.com. Help make that special someone feel like celebrating with a birthday shout-out on WNRI. And we're proud to announce to get it over the year today, Dawn Howard turns 48 today. Good friend of mine, Jimmy Williams, Jr., from Pasco Fire Department Rescue, turns 54. And Boroughville Motor Sales, Carrie Nabaika, has a big birthday today, 57. And I'm sure her and uh, all the staff up there will be celebrating tonight. And a reminder, this is that time of the year. Uh, I hate to do it, but I'm going to ask you, because that's the only way I want to get some votes. Uh, the Call and the Times have the Best in the Business Awards. And you can see that in those two papers. You can also vote online. And please vote for Best Radio Station, W1RI, nine consecutive years. Personality, I won it in 2018. I'd be honored to win it again this year. In any one of my three programs, the outdoor scene, race chatter, or a real hot show I got is Tuesday morning on the Authors Hour. You know, there's a lot of repair garages in Northern Rhode Island, tire dealers, oil change specialists, new car dealers. We have a high-performance specialist, too, that sponsors with our show, been with us since day one, and I'm proud to announce that DMB Performance is staying on for another season. Big DMB Performance Automotive Repair at 91 South Main Street, Pasco, Rhode Island, 401-710-9800. If you're coming up from Route 295, take exit 7B onto Route Route 44, then at the lights in Chipachet, bear right onto Route 100. Complete repair and service of domestic, foreign cars, and light trucks. High-performance work is their specialty. Already since 2000 in the town of Burrowville. Engine diagnosis, suspension, Rhode Island State Inspection. They do a real bang-up job with air conditioning, CV work, all kinds of axle work, and fuel injection. All mechanics are ASE certified and auto advanced level specialists in engine performance. They specialize in Ford high-performance and engine rebuilding. Not just a changer of parts. Engine rebuilding, they'll get their hands dirty. They've worked on the Tasca Ford race program from 1984 through 1997. Again, local jobs and local taxpayers. Stop by for an appointment or an estimate of any repair 
or preventative maintenance. Call 401-710-9800 and that's Dawn and customer service, one of the best in the business at DMB Performance and Automotive Repair, 91 South Main Street, beautiful Pasco, Rhode Island, 401-710-9800. I know where I'm heading when I get out of here tonight. Black raspberry ice cream. I think I'm addicted to it. And I get mine at San Diego Sundays, right here at 200 Main Street Blackstone. You can walk there. You can bicycle there. You can jog there because it's on the walking jogging trail right there that goes through Blackstone, Massachusetts. Justin and Autumn are doing a fantastic job down there. And they stock Gifford ice cream with over 23 flavors. Also, gluten-free products open seven days a week at... Uh, 2 o'clock, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday through Sunday, opening at 12 o'clock. And they also added in a grill now for light food there. And Saturday, uh, you will see them over the, uh, not Saturday, Sunday, the Farmer's Market in Blackstone on Menden Street. So they got a satellite operation going there at San Diego Sundays. And boy, that ice cream is so good. Parking right at the door. Okay, we got an announcement now. Finally, after all this time, uh, Seekonk has run three Friday night, uh, Friday night racing down there events with the lower division cars uh, being allowed by Governor Baker on that with no fans in the stands and no money payouts and stuff like that. And now, as this uh, goes into a different phase, they're going to be allowed Saturday night racing. Now, this is how it's going to work out. No Saturday night race fans will be allowed. Okay, the pit crews will be allowed with the cars. This starts, commences August 8th. It's going to consist of late models, sportsmen, sports trucks, spectator drags, and sport fours, but no pro stocks. Uh, They cost too much to get that show on the road, and the track, they just can't do it without the fans. Okay, so... No NASCAR sanction also, so there's no NASCAR points. Same purses will be awarded on those divisions as 2019. Again, no pro stocks at this time until uh, all the regulations open up. And again, no points on that. But they'll be running uh, Friday nights with the lower divisions and then Seekonk Saturday night three divisions, and I'll have the reports for that with the results for you also as we move right along on that. Now, Seekonks, uh, let me see here. Pure Stocks France uh, Friday night. Doug Benoit come away with the win. Scott Sedestio is going to win this year in two seconds. Uh, Doug Massa Jr. driving the 41 third. Greg Perry fourth, and Mike Henrique uh, finishes fifth in the 3 Legends, 25 laps, 22 race teams. Uh, Brandon Hammond, driving the seven, comes away with the win. Uh, Jake Johnson, Brandon Martinez, uh, Regent Parent, and that famous number 17. Uh, Connor Holderback, Mason Tessier, and Corey Fanning from Mapleville, Rhode Island. He's got to race something. He's climbing the walls. So he's got uh, a legend down there with a number 88. And he's having a whole lot of fun. Sport 4th had 25 laps and 17 race teams. Mike LaFort comes away with the win. Proves that number 13 is not unlucky. And Jordan Lopes driving the 77th second. Uh, Tylee Donachek in the third place. David Westgate and Tyler Alameda rounded out your top five. Bandolero Bandits 
for the older drivers. That was a 15-lap, 13 race teams. Uh, Darren Krantz, a New York 31, comes in first. Ryan Vanas Jr., uh, a winner a week ago, comes in second in that famous uh, racing number of the family, uh, number 11 of the Vanas. Uh, Richie Helger Jr., driving a 99-third. Uh, Colin Vanas in a 78-fourth. And Brent Robidoux, driving a 25-round at your top five. The lower-demand Delaro division is called the Outlaw Division. Connecticut 4 with Reese Bogue comes away with that. And it was 14 race teams in that. So the total Bandoleros with the future of Seacock Speedway, 29 race teams. That's a very, very good indication for right down the road. You know what I'm talking about. You've got to have people to fill those seats. Now, they're home. <laughs> Had their anniversary last week. Raylene and Shane are back. That 53-foot trailer is uh, back up in Harrisville now. And that's uh, part of the business of Northeast Race Cars and Speed. Uh, Pick up a ship daily at Six Hill Road, Harrisville, by 11 o'clock, 401-710-9992. Open 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. along with Hopkins Brothers Auto Repair. The same location, just added down another business and some more help and more taxpayers. Race car part supplier and custom fabrication, chassis setup, they'll actually build you a race car. They've got a frame shop. They've All the divisions, they have it down pat. Just a few of the many brands, Simpson, MSD, Willwood Moroso, and so much more. Race car parts and service from a career-long racer, Mr. Shane Hopkins and his staff. Spartan SD20 chemicals, four ninety-nine a can. Sunoco 5-gallon jerry cans, and big sale on Bassett Racing Wheels. Northeast Race Car Parts and Speed, 401-710-9992. We do have a guest calling in later this afternoon. I put an advancement on it on Facebook, not on the website, but on the Facebook. Did you know we have an automobile Racing Museum, open to the public, certain hours, right here in the Ocean State. Okay? Don't touch the dial. A little later in the show, we have tentatively scheduled the curator of that building is coming on. Next is going to be Stafford Speedway results. They've locked out five weeks in a row now from Friday night, brought to you by Angels Collision Center. At 274 Putnam Pike in Chirpatchet, Rhode Island, 401-949-3952. Summer hours are 8.30 to 5 p.m. Because, you know, Rob's got to get out there and play some golf. Windshield replacements, expert color matching right on the premises, over 25 years in the business. And they'll work with all insurance companies. What I really like about it, it's got a high-secure barbed wire fence, LED lighting, everything secured if you're waiting for an insurance settlement. And also, DMB performance, we talked about earlier, and I just got an email from Dawn on that, and she says, Wayne, uh, remind your customers that we do AC work, and we have an ample supply of Freon. I got an email in right now from Thompson, Connecticut. And let me see. One of my grandsons is over at Thompson right now. 
Thompson Little League right now. Okay, so he's out there right now, and he's fighting the heat. And, boy, he likes Thompson Speedway with the exotic cars and the motorcycles. We can hear him right from the house. And Grandpa, you want to take a ride over there and see what's going on? Okay, Friday night results from uh, Stafford Speedway. You know, they've been there since 1870 when they raced horses or the sulkies and that at the uh, Stafford Speedway Fairgrounds all the way back. That's all in my book, New England's Golden Years of Racing. Corey DiMatteo from Farmington comes away with his first win on that 40-lap main event. And these are the heavy hitters. This is the top division up there. Teddy Hodgson, Danbury, finishes second. Keith Rocco holds every record at every track, or he will before he's done, a guaranteed first vote Hall of Famer. Keith Rocco, with the first two wins of the season under his belt, gets the bronze medal tonight. Ronnie Williams out of Tallinn, fourth. Marcelo Rufano out of North Haven, fifth. Artado in seventh. And it's the who's who's of racing. 25 car field. And that was a real good one. All the fan reports I got on that. Late model feature was the 30-lap main event. 21 car field. And Tom Fern didn't finish in the back of the pack. Finally got some good luck. After four weeks and finished fourth, but Adam Gray from Granbury, Mass. comes away with the win over Wayne Curry Jr. out of Fairfield. Our former champion, Michael Bennett, out of Willington, comes in third. Al Saunders, fifth. Jordan Hadley, sixth. Uh, Jim Malakias from uh, Bethany, seventh. Paula Root, John Blake, and Michael Ray. One of those Curtis boys was in there, too. Mark Curtis uh, joined the fray for a 12th-place finish. And uh, another nice feel on that. It looked like Ryan Fern and Tyler Leary either got tangled up in that race or had mechanical problems way back in the field. 21 cars in that, too. SK Light modified. After the previous week's record $2,300 payout, they went back to normal racing here. SK Light Modified held a 20-lap main event. Alexander Pearl from Salem comes over to win, and that's a male, not a female. Otherwise, it would be part of women in racing. Derek Debus, a former winner this year, he won the big money last week, finishes second, proved there was no fluke. He hails out of Oakdale. Brian Sullivan out of Tallinn third. Tyler Chapman, Kyle Elwood. Made the trip from Riverhead, New York, to come away with a fifth-place finish. Jonathan Pueyo uh, ended up with ninth in that after a couple wins earlier in the year. Oh, my God, what a field. 27-car field, along with Samantha Anderson, Amanda West. I believe those are three ladies in that race. Limited late-model 20-lap main event. Had Gary Patnode from New Hartford come away with the win. Uh, that's the first time I can remember uh, talking about a win for Gary. He's been in the top three and the top five a couple of years now. Andrew Durand out of Chicopee comes in second. Matt Clement out of Wethersfield. Jeremy Lavoy out of Windsor Locks. And Lucas Leone of Southington comes in fifth on that. Uh, one of our women in racing for 2020, Alexander Fern, got a solid sixth-place finish in that race. Street Stocks, our second women in racing, a three-time guest on the race chatter, gets a win. 
Okay, Hillary Renault was our first female winner up at Monadnock Speedway two weeks ago, and now Megan Fuller driving that too with her father and her uncle preparing it for modified drivers and champions, gets the job done. Street stock was a 20-lap and a solid field in that, too. Megan comes away with the win. Uh, Chris Meyer, second. He's had great success down at Thompson, too. Al Stone, the third, uh, comes in third. Will he stay at Stafford, or will he go back home to New London Waterford? Stay tuned. We'll see what happens on that. Because now another track reopens after two years down the road on Route 1. Jason Lafayette finishes fourth. And Leadfoot Larry Barnett. Struggled, struggled, started up front, had a whole lot of fun. And comes away with a fifth place finish on that. 25-car field. My God, they're getting a nice, nice car count up there. Now, let's see what happens with a couple of changes on that. Uh, the other advantage is uh, NASCAR points. Okay, Stafford is an official blueprint. As a matter of fact, they're on uh, different boards and everything, the family up there. NASCAR Royal Blue in Waterford, New London, has nothing to do with NASCAR. Hasn't been for two years with pending other things that are happening. So let's see what happens on that how this all pans out. We've got a lot of information, a lot of results from all the New Hampshire tracks, including the Wayland Modifieds that were in town this week and put on a hell of a 200-lap feature on a real short track. Uh, Limousine and transportation services provided by CJ Trans of Fairbanks tonight and Little General Stores. There's one in your neighborhood since 1970. You talk about something contributing to the community. Mr. Lapierre had the vision to do this all the way back in 1970, and all of his stores, all seven franchises, eight days a week, boy, they go the extra yard. Money orders, gift cards, and propane exchange in Moscow Lake. Locations, I shop at 485 Chapel Street. Boneless chicken breast, $1.99 a pound. Hummel Brothers ham off the bone at $4.99, and Hummel Brothers roast beef, $6.99 Six ninety nine a pound. These are good until next Sunday with no limited quantities. At Little General Stores, there's one in your neighborhood. Harvest Moon Health Food just closed up for the day, but they'll be back tomorrow at 10. Harvest Moon Health Foods, Route 21, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza in Putnam, Connecticut. 860-928-2352. Healthy foods for a healthy lifestyle, gluten-free products, over 100 dried herbs, nuts, and seeds. Healthy snacks help your body to reinforce its immune response. Hemopathic and herbal allergy relief. We stock quality brand manufacturers, including Against the Grain, Rudy's, Nature's Plus, Vatlin's Organic Oils, Food for Life, and so much more. Natural honey and organic coconut sugar, raw milk. Elderberry for flu remedies. Consumer-friendly hours on Monday through Wednesday, 10 to 6 p.m., Thursday to Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Sundays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. HarvestMoonHealthFoods.net, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza, Putnam, Connecticut. 860-928-2352. Proud sponsor of Brian Tag and the number 9 in the late model at Thompson Speedway. 
And also, B. Lou's Flowers is packing it up for the day. Ralph was moving all the pallets back in undercover and watering everything down. Perennials, annuals, and the gift shop. 401-766-3165. And also have a brand new product now that comes with the uh, Canadian wood pellets that they have over there by the pallet. Barbex smoking pellets for cooking on the grill. And fantastic product. You put a few in aluminum foil, poke it with the fork, put it on the fire, smoke comes up. Two flavors. There's a red color one for dark meats and a lighter colored one for fish and chicken. You can turn that inexpensive cut into a gourmet meal at Belu's Flowers and Gift Shop. 665 Diamond Hill Road, 401-766-3165. Granite State uh, Pro Stock Series was up at Monadnack Speedway. Uh, Monadnack, to get them in there for that 100-lap feature, went with three of their regular divisions. But the feature show of the night was... uh, DJ Shaw coming away with the win with the Granite State Pro Stocks. Uh, they bounced back from a low-car count the week before to an outstanding field of 15 race teams. Uh, number 60, DJ Shaw breaks through on the winner's circle this year. Uh, the two drivers that dominated this series from day one finished right behind him, second and third. Valuable points. Angelo Belsito with two wins finishes second. 93, Connecticut, Ray Christian. 43, New Hampshire, Devin O'Connell, fourth. Casey Call, driving a 90 in the fifth spot. That's the first time I recall Casey Call. It's a name I wouldn't forget. Joey P had to set up, uh, settle for 10th place finish in that race. And Barry Gray, 15th. He had a good couple of runs earlier in the year on that. And let me see, Ray Christian, Balsito, yeah, those have been the two hot drivers in that series. You know, that's the one that's got away with this uh, epidemic with the uh, virus and all that, because they move around, and they're versatile with the tracks uh, that they can run those cars on. So it's really worked out to an advantage of the Grand Estate Pro Stocks. The other divisions at Monadnack Speedway had three... Uh, main events for the night. And we have the results on that right now. Okay, that's the point standings for them. And let me get the other one I have right here. Manadex Speedway. Wake Mountain. Okay. I have the current point standings, is what I have here for Monadnack. Brian Roby is leading uh, 282 over Trevor Blue uh, at 248. Ben Byrne with some wins this year, third at 244. Cameron Hull and Solomon Brow is in fifth place in points. That's a big step for him moving up from the uh, late model on that where he dominated it the last year and a half. There's been, let me see here, 27 teams accumulate points in that. And the uh, late model sportsman has been one name at two tracks. Monadnack Speedway, seven races, wins. 24 races, Claremont, wins. This guy is unstoppable right now. There's got to be a bounty on his back. 
We're talking about driver number 29, Aaron Fellows from Croydon, New Hampshire. He leads this division up there, late model sportsman, with 300. But believe it or not, he's only got a 20-point lead over a second uh, very consistent driver. Robert Hager, with the 91, has no wins, and he's still within striking distance at 280. Justin Littlewood, been in the top three all year at 266. Cole Littlewood, right there behind him, both from Orange Mass, uh, 256. And Cameron Curtis from Baltimore, Vermont, is uh, at 232 in that division. So far this year at Monadnock Speedway, there's been 20 different late model sportsman points uh, teams that show up for racing up there. The mini stock division has Gordon Farnham leading uh, the points race up there. He's a local boy, too, right there from Fitzwilliam, where I went up to Rhododendron State Park. And 276, he's in a dead heat right now, tied at 276 with Nathan Wenzel. Right there, dead heat. Uh, Timmy LeBlanc is third at 228, tied with Shelby Every at 228. And Kevin Clayton rounds out your top five at 222. Outstanding field on that. 28 mini stocks have accumulated points. I know what I did on that. I put them on a, another readout that I had at the house. Okay, Sunday was also the only race of the year for the largest division in NASCAR, and that was at Loudoun Speedway, and Mr. Barr had passed away, so it looked like most of the drivers had a decal on their car honoring him and Richard Petty, uh, Petty's brother also, who passed away. Sunday, August 2nd, over at Loudoun, I watched the race on TV. Uh, third in uh, 2020 for the number two driver, Hot Rod Ford Brad Keselowski, proves that he's going to be a contender at the end. I picked Denny Hamlin to win the race, and it wasn't too shabby. He comes away with the silver medal. Martin Truax overcame a lot of pit problems early in this race for a solid third-place finish. Without those problems in the pen, uh, pit, we'd be talking about another winner right now, I think. Joey Logano gambled and gambled in the whole race, Brad's teammate, and also a local favorite for a fourth-place finish in that hot rod Ford, number 22. Happy Havoc, Kevin. Uh, driving the four, another Ford finishes fifth. So let me see on that. No Chevrolets in the top five. Two Fords, and, well, three Fords, and two Toyotas. That was the third win of 2020 for Brad Keselowski, uh, second in New Hampshire career, and I couldn't believe it. I added this up yet. He's got 33 career wins already out of nowhere. You never talk about this guy. He's just a sleeper. He's a former one-time champion. Uh, local Ryan Priest uh, dominated the modified racing as one of the top three or four drivers in New England. Uh, is getting his feet wet up there. He started 30th, driving the 37, and ended it up on the 16th place on that, and was running in the top 10, the first stage of the race. 23 valuable points and uh, 301 laps in that race. Uh, the sad note is there was only 38 cars in there. They wanted to get 40-car field. So 38 cars went to Loudoun, and 38 cars got in the race. All right, so the next thing we're going to do now is we're going to switch over to Clamont. 
and we're going to talk about the Wayland Modified. And the Wayland Modified is also not coming to Thompson in August with the Bud 150. We got to announce it here tonight. Thompson had gone to a leasing company with Terry Eames and uh, was going to run two Wayland races the Bud 150 to keep the tradition going, and then the World Series. As of right now, the Bud 150 is off the schedule. Uh, Connecticut will not budge on 25% seating capacity. And to put that show on with the Wheeler Modified, I think you need just a little bit more than that. And it's going to be brought to you by, he's not open today unless he's doing a fundraiser, but tomorrow swing over there, it's going to be another hot one. And get your uh, ble- Beach Blanket Cheese Pizza Special at Cereal's Pizza Rimmer and Restaurant. This is the large cheese pizza, 15 slices, a nice cornmeal breast, uh, bread, and only $6 every Tuesday. Doughboys, any day they're open, a dozen Doughboys, only $2.50. And Cereal's has changed with the times also. Every morning... They put up a customized Facebook page of the Cereal Specials. I see it. I read it. I decide what I'm going to pick up. And then I hit the like. And then I hit the share. And we're urging all of our customers to do that too. Hit the share button. It'll multiply that advertising. And that's how that social media uh, gig really, really works. And I'll tell you, he's shopping up the pencil with some really good specials. Uh, Wednesday, a scallop plate for $7.99. No typo. And I'll tell you, it is good. Let's see what else we're waiting here. Uh, second guest of the night going to be calling in. And we're moving along right good on the commercials. I'm trying to pace myself because it's a one-hour show with a three-hour script. And we have a first-time winner this year in the Wayland Modified Tour. And the name is very, very familiar because he's got numerous championships. But this year, it all changed for Mr. Doug Kobe because his sponsor got out of racing last year, even with a championship. So Doug Kobe is an owner-driver this year, driving a number 10 instead of that familiar number 2. Out of Milford, Connecticut, 200-lap main feature, he started fifth and comes away with the win. Now we got a race. Kyle Bonsignori finishes second in the 18. Matt Swadson in the third, he started 13th, finishes third. Uh, John McKennedy come up here, and he got a fourth-place finish. And pre-race favorite, Justin Bonsignori, got valuable points from Holtzville, New York, Long Island, uh, driving the 51 uh, missile. Uh, fifth place on that, so valuable, valuable points. Calvin Carroll out of Newton, New Jersey, uh, driving in, uh, let me see, if six, he got on that. He started 14th in a race, so he really made up some uh, gap in that. Uh, the Ant, Anthony Nasella, finishes eighth. Eric Goodall, another Riverhead, New York, Long Island, ninth place finish. And uh, the silver veteran there, Ron Silk. Uh, driving the 85, uh, purple car, I believe, uh, 10th place finish on that. He had started fourth in that race. Uh, Craig Lutz, who stole the win up at uh, Monadnock Speedway, 11th. I'm looking down here for women in racing. 
Here she is. Melissa Fifield started 24th, finished 27th out of Wakefield, New Hampshire. Uh, 70 laps on that, 78 laps, and then went down with mechanical problems. But she has been in all the Whalen Modified races again this year. We have some more results coming from Claremont on the other divisions up there. And let me see, that's one, two, three pages of that. And that's going to be brought to you by Boroughville Motor Sales and Larry's 24-Hour Towing. All these events that you attend, you always have the same scenario. You come out and somebody's kicking the tires, hitting the roof. You know what I'm going to say. They forgot the keys and the key fob in the car. Now, who are they going to call? Are they going to call an ex-wife and be reminded of two months late alimony payments? Are they going to call ghost buses? No. I gave you enough time. Get your paper and pencil. Call Larry's 24-Hour Towing. The birthday girl up there today, too. At South Main Street, Pascoe, 401-568-6286. So it's 1922. It started with Studebakers. My first car was a 53 Studebaker. Me and John Bonner used to run that on Marshall's Fields with a three-speed standing on the column. That's how I learned how to drive a manual transmission. Boy, we blew that thing up sky high. Then after that, they went from Studebakers to Pontiacs. I just retired one of them with about 300,000 miles. Then I no longer make Studebakers or Pontiacs. But now it's use, auto, and truck sales and vehicle state inspections. By appointment, you know, with the uh, virus going around, 401-568-6286, and now put that sticker right on your vehicle. Peter, John, Brian, Jerry, you name it, they're all ASC certified air conditioning specialists also, and expert body work and insurance estimates right on the premises, and they'll work with all insurance customers. Did you just have any of your uh, uh, money that you got from the federal government back, and uh, now you bought a car, truck, or a motorcycle, and you're trying to figure out how to get it home without get tagged? Call up Larry's 24-Hour Towing. Just give them the address. They'll get it to your property, either on the hook or on a flatbed, with one of their seven trucks right there at Larry's 24-Hour Towing. 401-568-6286. Okay, Claremont Speedway. And I'm going through my other notes here that I've accumulated. There was a whole lot of racing this weekend. It's amazing. You know, some of the tracks, Seekonk hasn't kicked in full. And Thompson has been a no-show, you know, the way it's worked out this year. But there's still a lot of the New Hampshire's that are supplying a lot of material now. And we really appreciate it. Uh, the NEMA midgets will be kicking in more and more, too. And uh, I keep getting a call and an email, too, from my good friend Ben over at uh, Hudson International Speedway that runs a Sunday program. And, boy, as they put a lot of money into that place, NASCAR approved two at points. Take that show in on a Sunday afternoon. It's the only show in town. Okay, Claremont, New Hampshire. Brian Roby rocketed to victory twice in the modified action Friday night at Claremont Motorsports, Motorsports Park, winning both the Morris Trailer Country Modified 35-lap features at the Thrasher Road Speed Plant. Here's that familiar name again. We talked about him earlier tonight with the 100% success up at Manadak. 
Aaron Fellows stayed undefeated in two seasons. Toppings Friday night's late model sportsman feature for his fifth consecutive victory of the summer, while street stock ace and five-time guest on the race chatter, Dave Grinslet, earned his fifth victory at this track in 2020. On the line right now, we have the curator of an automobile racing museum. Not in New York, not at the Indianapolis Speedway, not at Daytona, right here in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, in the Ocean State. How are you tonight, Rick Marichal? Oh, great to hear from you, Wayne. How's everything? Fantastic. Hey, good, I, good, good. I heard a rumor about you this afternoon. I'd like to have it Uh-oh. verified. Are you retired okay. now, senior citizen? Uh, yes, I am retired, and uh, uh, I'm about as senior as uh, I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not going to last long, because being a curator and all of those uh, very, very beautiful restored race cars around New England, I think we're going to classify you as semi-retired. Yeah, it, uh, this, this is my real job. Uh, I used to say when I went to work for the town of Johnston that I was in semi-retirement. <laughs> yep, it's true. This, this is what I do. So. Okay, let's do a little homework on it right now. Okay. Rhode Island has been very involved with racing years and years and years ago, the fairgrounds, Narragansett, the different tracks. Right now, yeah. we're the only track. I know the barnyard over in Chapachet, uh the little dirt thing over there, that is actually closed now. So Rhode Island yeah. has the only distinction of the only greatest state in the Union without a racetrack. Is that correct? That that is correct, and uh, it's a shame, you know. I mean, and we uh, we had the only uh, museum pertaining strictly to motorsports in the state of Rhode Island. I mean, we have two other museums now, but they're more classic car related. But um, we realized that uh, Rhode Island's rich motorsports history, going back to 1896 in uh, Cranston, Rhode Island, that these things needed to be. Uh, saved and the people needed to be educated about, you know, it's, it's not all uh, a southern sport. It started up here in Rhode Island, and uh, we have some serious, serious history here that needs to be preserved. And that's what me and Mr. R.A. Sylvia uh, started to do on our own, and it just snowballed into now we've got this 7,400-square-foot building in Pawtucket, uh, bulging out of the seams and hopefully down the road we can have a more professional uh, you know, outlet that we can uh, display and educate the people. Do you dedicate a lot of the uh, building to our most famous track that we had down here at uh, Cumberland? Oh, Lonsdale Sports Arena, you bet. Um, we have uh, uh, one room in particular dedicated to the state of Rhode Island. Uh, it used to be when we first opened, it was a theme room where we used to change it and put different artifacts in that room and change it from uh, year to year. But everybody always asked about Alonzo Sports Arena or Kingston Fairgrounds or uh, what about Narragansett Park where the state fair was held in Cranston? Do you have anything like that? So we said, well, 
this is all about Rhode Island, so we are going to do this. And we, we filled this whole room from floor to ceiling uh, with everything from uh, from the speed shops of Sammy Packet that was like right down the street from where we are. And Sammy Packet was uh, instrumental in being on the board of directors to help form NASCAR after a major event that was held in uh, Cumberland, Rhode Island at the Lonsdale Sports Arena. So you can see everything right in our place. And uh, we get calls all the time to verify different stories. And it's, it's all there. Our book that we have out, New England's Golden Years of Racing, I, I wrote a few yeah. years ago. I dedicated mm-hmm. a whole chapter and did a lot of research on the Lonsdale Speedway. And the yeah. one thing that stood out in my mind, it has the same dimensions on the banking of another famous race car track on the East Coast as Wall Stadium. It has the That's same exactly. dimensions on the bankings and from the Google yeah. searches, you know, that you do yeah. from the drones and stuff like that, you can yeah. see the similarities. And I think oh, yeah. the last time I was down in Cumberland, there's a stop and shop plaza there and then a big high rise across the street. And if yeah. you walk into the parking lot, well, it might be grown up now, but there was still vis- visible traces of the cement from the old stadium. Yeah, there was uh, for quite a few years. I mean, it's so overgrown now. I don't know what is lingering under all that earth, but uh, there is a plaque commemorating it if you take the bike path behind the uh, stopping shop and right just before the trestle, which was right behind the uh, pit entrance. um, There's a plaque that describes uh, the racetrack. I remember right, I think that went underwater. It wasn't Carol. It was another hurricane or flooding that we had in 1958, mm-hmm. a little bit later. That Actually, was the last. I, yeah, the right. Last there, was, uh, there, there was a lot of damage to the surrounding area, uh, which uh, helped um, the, the parking lot. But uh, because the banking was so high, it, the, um, the water never really deteriorated the track. But it it wasn't really the demise uh, of the track caused by the hurricane as much as it was, uh, just like the state of Rhode Island is famous for now, is politics and taxes. And uh, the the owner uh, decided that uh, with uh, the taxes that the state and the the town of uh, Cumberland were applying to him after the damage to the parking lot, him being a developer, uh, realized that uh, the land was worth much more than it was as a as land than it was as a racetrack, and that's pretty much what uh, put the nail in the coffin. What I really liked arena. about doing a historical searching on that was uh, crowds of twenty to thirty thousand, and Bill that's France right. Bill France brought all his boys up from Florida and brought them up there, and we kicked their butt, and then right. also twenty to 30,000 people watching these races and motorcycle races too and they were dressed like it was a Saturday night going to Newport with fine woolen whisteds in their top hats and everybody had a cigar and I'm saying to myself it had to be 85 and 90 degrees then like it is now and yet they're dressed like this like it's their Sunday best and even yeah, the old the old Thompson Speedway pictures show that yeah. same thing. Yeah. 
I'm not of that age group, but they were a classy group, I'll tell you. <laughs> the way they were dressed back in those days, it was incredible to go watch a, a sports event like that. Um, but uh, that just goes to show you how things change over the years. Yeah, now it's tank tops and that other stuff that's falling out. <laughs> well, unfortunately, they go to the banquets like that now, but uh, that's accepted. <laughs> you, know, you know what I think it is now when I go to the races, and I'm not being facetious here or racist or anything else, I honestly think it's a tattoo showroom. <laughs> I really do. That is a good one, yeah. I don't, have, some I don't have a tattoo on there. me. I don't have an earring. Uh, well, I don't, have I don't a either. But uh, <laughs> that's what it is now, and I'd love to have the money what the tattoo guys are making, and you know, three quarters of it's under the table. Whoops, I shouldn't have yeah. said that. I hope Gina's not listening. She's gonna, she'll survey that and tap that market out. Oh, you 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 will have a tattoo on you if they get harassed now that you said that. <laughs> okay, before we get into near, we're yeah. going to get the address and your summer hours or appointment. What's the best way to investigate the Pro-9 Automobile Racing Museum? Well, the, the best thing now, uh, going through this pandemic, uh, I have been doing by appointment only, uh, which we don't get big groups in my uh, my building. and It is not handicap accessible, so um, it's usually one-on-one. I usually have groups of two or three, uh, mostly race fans. We're more famous through the racing circles than we are through the general public. Uh, so usually you can get in touch with me uh, either through Facebook, uh, being Pro-9 Motorsports Museum, or um, through uh, the, the phone number, which is 401-447-4202. And um, I'm usually there uh, most of the time now that I'm retired. Uh, I may skip in and skip out. Uh, that's why I always ask people to, uh, uh, you know, give me a call before, call ahead, whether yeah. it be 24 hours or even an hour, because I only live two blocks up the street. So, so uh, if I'm not doing something there, I'm doing something at the house, and I'll drop it to open for a race fan, no problem. Rick, you must be a celebrity. I got two emails for you. Have you got your five-point harness on? Okay. Uh, I got an email from uh, Patricia Brown. And she wants to know, she's just curious, do people contact you, like from Ancestry.com, or for research work on a former family member they thought was a racer? Do you get uh, hit with that? Oh, yes. Yes, I get messages all the time for uh, uh, a quick story of a young lady whose daughter was asked to do a story on uh, their grandfather. Uh, who used to race cars, and she was talking uh, to her daughter saying, oh, yeah, Grandpa used to race cars, and she, said she wanted to um, do her story on her grandfather about him being a race car driver. And the daughter had no pictures, no nothing. All she did was have the name, and she called us, and we, we were able to supply photos and statistics, and her daughter got an A in that uh, report, and uh, it was great. It was really fascinating for uh, for us to have a hand in that, and we've done that several times. Are you working with any newer equipment now, scanning or microfiche or anything like that? Um, I'm not that technology savvy, but I do have volunteers that handle it that way too, yes. Okay, i got another question here too. Uh, a person's curious. You must uh, be deluged with people wanting to give you 
former family members racing memorabilia, how do you determine what to keep and what to refuse? I'll tell you, we normally do not refuse anything because uh, things that have been collected by a family member that's either passed or whether they're downsizing and moving into a condo and they're selling their house, um, we get calls and we'll come and get it. Uh, if they don't, can't deliver it, we'll pick it up. And the reason why we don't refuse it is because they don't really know sometimes what's in the boxes. And they may not have time to go through everything. But they'll just open a box and see it's got racing magazines or newspapers in it. So we'll just pick everything up. And then we'll go through it. And if it's family photos or if there's, you know, something in there that uh, they may want to keep, uh, we call them back up and say, listen, I got some stuff put aside here. I think you might want to hang on to this. And that happens all the time. Uh, but we don't refuse anything. Uh, if, it, if there's something in there that doesn't really pertain to motorsports, but it may have something to do with other kinds of sports or other kinds, we'll find a home for it. We'll find somebody that appreciates it and can use it. How do you support the overhead, your monthly knot, to keep this place open? Well, I do have memberships, but I'll tell you, um, when I opened the place in 2003, uh, people... Everyone had believed in what we were trying to do and where we were headed. And uh, other than the memberships, people would just send me checks. Uh, we did do a GoFundMe page. We still have a GoFundMe page. But I'll tell you, we don't always go out uh, looking for funding like we probably should. Yep. Um, we're just busy doing what we love to do. But uh, everybody that knows us, we don't even have to send out reminders for membership or anything. We'll just get a check in the mail, no matter what it is. We'll take a dollar. Every little bit helps. And, and uh, call that's ahead. how we that. call exactly ahead. everything. Yes. Call ahead for the donations and everything else. And then yes. when it gets uh, all set and schools get back, do you ever get involved with like a third grade class or somebody who come in with 10 or 15 uh, students? I have gone to them. I have okay. brought cars to the school and things like that because, like I said, we're in a 120-year-old building. Okay. And it's not it, it's an office warehouse it's known for. Yep. Although we have been working with the Blackstone Valley Historical Society and the mayor's office, since we're going to lose the Port Sox, we might be the next major sports attraction in the city of Pawtucket. Yep. So hopefully we'll, we'll find a permanent home that's handicap accessibility and available to large groups of children so we can educate them. Bob Billington will help you out on that, no problem. How many full-size race cars, besides the number 15 and number 3, do you have on the premises? Actually... When you pull up in front of the building, I've had calls and people say, well, I'm here, but I don't think I'm in the, on the right street. But there are 15 cars in that little building. Wow. And it looks like an apartment house, but until you walk in, you have no idea what's in there. <laughs> wow, 15 full-size race cars. Yes. Oh, what a lot of history there. And what a great host you're going to be and also uh, B.J. Silva. Okay, let's get up to Oscar Hancock's. Fantastic oh, yeah. work that Desiree with three E's did. I'm going to give her all the credit for those vinyls, I'll tell you. What a wrap oh, and what an improvement on that van oh, yeah. that goes around to the tracks by American Beauty Sign Works. Uh, Oscar yeah. will take the credit, but Kurt and Desiree did most of the work. But it really is an improvement. How do you determine your schedule for the near portable unit you have? Well, normally we, we follow with the club's um, 
uh, event schedule because we do appearances throughout the summer at different venues because Speedway Thompson and whatnot all the way up to New Hampshire. But um, if you would like the uh, um, mobile museum at a car show or a fundraiser or anything, you usually can send uh, us an email to uh, uh, NEAR. Uh, one.org and we'll see if we can fit it in the schedule but uh, uh, this year because of the pandemic it's been uh, pretty much popped but uh, uh, we have had two or three events up north and uh, hoping to do something else in August and September because we do have a schedule printed but we a lot of them have been postponed or canceled so yeah. uh, we're and doing that's... what we can and we can't wait to get back out there that's near one Dot org? Dot org. Okay. Because yeah. a lot of people automatically go to dot com and then they get lost on the computer. Right. Yeah. Uh, the other thing on that, I've got to ask you, to get it clarified, uh, the big museum that we have up in Loudon, New Hampshire, with my yeah. good friend Ricky Craven and Dick Bergeron and that particular crew, and we just lost Russ Conway. Yeah. And boy, I missed that guy already. I'll tell you what, oh, yeah. what a vast knowledge he had, a walking encyclopedia. Are you affiliated or a division or somehow associated with the museum up there? I have been on the board of directors uh, since its inception. And one of the first meetings to decide whether uh, to build that museum up there was held at our place in Pawtucket. And uh, it just grew and grew and grew. And uh, then there was like torn between, where are we going to build it? We're going to build it uh, at... uh, Loudon? Are we going to build it at the New England Dragway, or are we going to go back to Pawtucket? What are we going to do? And uh, the board just grew and grew uh, so much that uh, uh, everybody decided it's got to go to a vote, and uh, uh, with the support that we had up north, it ended up um, being voted to, uh, plus they gave us the land there to, to build it. So we have a beautiful facility there now, right next to, uh, you know, New Hampshire. It is state-of-the-art. It really is state-of-the-art. You know, it needs a lot of support. I mean, unlike us in Pawtucket, where, you know, we can support it with uh, uh, change, we really need some uh, some corporate and uh, heavy uh, race sponsorship for that museum up there. We're we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars in in Rhode Island. Up there, we're talking millions, okay? So... If you haven't joined the Northeast Motorsports Museum, you really need to support it because places like ours in Pawtucket are just, you know, an arm length away, and we need that massive facility to to make the preservation of the sport grow. Well, I hope by coming on the race chatter, this will generate some support for both of the organizations because it's so sorely needed. It's such a... A uh, history-rich area on short track racing around the country. Rick Marichal, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on. Say hi to BJ Silver for me. And I'm going to get down there because I have at least three requests. And I'm not going to tell you who they are, but they know there is a book to be written about the Pro 9 Museum. So I'll call ahead, and I'll come down and I'll ask the right questions. And I think I'm going to write a book about you guys. Well, thank you very much, and if you do come down, you better come down with uh, some time on your hands, because you're not going to see it all in two hours. 
Okay, Rick. <laughs> well, I might bring a sleeping bag then. <laughs> All right, Jane. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you, Rick. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Pro 9 Auto Racing Museum right here in Pawtucket. Brought to you by the Sneaker Outlet. It's your one-stop shop for everything from sneakers of old to sneakers of new. On top of the sale of new release sneakers, they also specialize in dead stock. They buy stock all around the country and refurbish sneakers. We the plug for shoes. They also offer proper shoe care and refurbishment treatments, 75-cent word, as well as a trade-and-trade program. By God, Oscar did the advertising over there, too. American Beauty Sign Works did the advertising sneaker outlet, San Diego outlets, the Nair truck. Boy, he is everywhere. The sneaker outlet's right at 10 Main Street on the side of the New York lunch. And the sneakeroutlet.com will show you the inventory. And you give him, give him a call. He's open right now. 401-648-1242. They're a fashion statement now. Older sneakers. Did you see the Michael Jordan sale? The auction the other day on a pair of used Nike sneakers, $538,000. What have you got in your closet? What are you wearing? You want to trade up? You want to trade down? It's the sneakeroutlet.com. 401-648-1242. We will be back with my laryngitis and everything else. Tomorrow morning, we're going to have Joe Silva. Used to play drums for B.B. King. Used to play drums for the Beach Boys. And he's also written three or four books. And he's got music albums out there. We're going to have him on first. And then we're going to have the number one poet in the United States calling in live in the second half from Manhattan, New York to let us know how poetry is existing right now with the virus going through New York and around the country, how they're doing it. So we'll see you tomorrow morning, 9.05 on the Author's Hour. And don't forget the Reader's Choice Awards. Voting is open now. I would be honored to represent the winner on that. Uh, Best radio station, WNRI. Best personality, yours truly. And I'm not proud to ask you for the vote or any of my three shows, The Outdoor Scene, Race Chatter every Monday night, and The Author's Hour on Tuesday mornings. Please do your voting, and uh, or vote for anybody from WNRI. It's a class organization since 1984.